Welcome to the FGM uh, F1 podcast. Moments after the Grand Prix in Imola is over, we're here with you with a full race recap. Trevor Long, Harry Tucker, Connor McNally, thanks to KO Sports, and we sat watching a four-way split screen on Apple TV. I, I didn't mind actually watching the race. It was a bit of over. It was too much at some points watching with that many yeah. cameras and things. A little bit overwhelming, I think, at the start because the the driver cam on the car was a little bit ahead, slightly ahead. Of, wasn't yeah, it? that wigged me out. But then once they started, wigged you it, out. Is that not a? Is it that sounds a like a young hip thing to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's good. I yeah. feel like I've been losing it recently. So I, I uh, thought it was good. To know good. I'm still there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it was fine. I knew I knew the driver tracker looked, uh, uh, the driver cam looked uh, five or six seconds ahead. So I went, yeah. And we're on Charles, was it, to start the race? Yeah, he started. Yeah, it was. So I was quite happy going with that. Uh, I'm going to say straight up, I, I enjoyed that race. Um, I don't know if I enjoyed it more because it wasn't dominant by Mercedes. And we'll, I think we'll feel across the year whether or not it's the lack of Mercedes dominance that gives us the, the good feeling about a race or not. But there was a lot there. We had some... Full-on uh, incidents, although only three cars or with Vettel, four cars failed to finish. Yeah. Massive. I mean, the, the biggest kind of highlight of the, of the race, other than the results themselves, would be um, George Russell and Valtteri Bottas coming together, which will be great photos, great replays. Um, Connor, who's at fault? I'm still in two minds about it at the moment. Uh, it, it, I'm tending to think... Um both drivers are fighting for that one seat for next year, and I think George maybe got a little too cocky. But then again, Valtteri was starting to swerve to the right and tried to squeeze uh, George out. So I think it, it it's hard to say at the moment who is at fault, but uh, both drivers were not happy with one another afterwards. All right, well, let's, we'll get the fence post out of your ass, Harry. What, what, <laughs> what are you thinking? I think that they were both in the wrong. Yeah. But do you think that both those drivers would have done the same thing if they were against someone else? Like, similar to what Connor said, that they're fighting over the same seat. I, I honestly do you, do don't think, think that ma- that plays into it. You don't think that Valtteri uh. reckons it's knows it's it's George and he's a bit more defensive and then and George is a bit more aggressive? Knowing that as well, so you think through it. They're they're told very clearly who's coming up to them. I, they know who they they know who they're battling around. Even them. if it's subconscious, and it was a battle for ninth or eighth. So it was, it was ninth. You know, it was it was points. It was yeah. It was George going from one point to to two, and Valtteri going from, you know, being in eighth or ninth to being overtaken by Williams. Yeah. So maybe you're right, actually, Harry. I think maybe Bottas was well aware and therefore over defended. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I, so if, if my call. Yeah. My 14-year-old was allowed to watch the race, so I got a lot of texts during the race asking me different questions and things. Um, my call, if forced to make a call, would be to penalise Bottas. But if I was just making a call, I'd say racing incident because that's the kind of shit that you yeah. want to have happen. Yeah. Essentially, that's the kind of incident you want to happen because you want the racing to be that close. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, cars are going to get smashed. Um, let's not kid ourselves. Even though the purists of us... Love the sport of motor racing because of the the results, the speed, the passing. As kids, we grew up wanting to see cars crash at Bathurst and you yeah. know, in Formula One. That's just a part of it. And and for me, the rest of the race then was, I guess, after we got halfway, it was a bit boring because there was no wheel to wheel racing. Yeah, yeah, and that's true. So that 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 sort of racing is needed. It's it's hard to watch Formula One without the timing screen right now. I feel. 
Yep. Because you because you don't see close action, you are literally looking at it going, well, hang on a minute. Daniel is, you know, 1.7 seconds now behind or ahead, and now it's 1.4. So you're actually making mathematical calculations about the success or otherwise of a driver based on things that are happening on track that aren't purely visual. And you know? and this all in saying that we were talking about how it would be good if on those four split screens you could watch all driver cams yeah. instead of the, the, the race well, footage where you'd be able to get have that. Have you ever used F1 TV? No. So in the first year that it was available, which I'm going to say did they was do it? 2018. I think they did it here. No. So I was in uh, back when we used to travel. It's literally <laughs> that hard to remember. I think it was Berlin. I was in Berlin Eva. and uh, for Aoife. And I had a good mate. Uh, you might remember Dougie McDougal from yeah, used yeah. to work at yep. the Big T. Now uh, lives in America. I got him to pay. Use his. I got to use his credit card. Sent him some cash, uh, and I signed up with a American address. I had an. I was overseas. Didn't need to use VPN. And I used it, and it's epic because you can literally go. You know what? I want. I want to watch Daniel and Sergio. You know, mm-hmm. you can literally choose. It. Like it's pretty amazing, and I don't know why we we can't get all those feeds here. I mean, to be honest, they would be coming in. It just might be if a more, technical limitation. I think. You know what? I just think it's demand. I think yeah. if, if more people were using KO and choosing the split screen option and they saw a demand rise, I reckon they would just add the cams in. Because yeah. I, I don't think it's a huge uh, you know, technical thing for them to do. Anyway, back to the racing. <laughs> um, so, you know, look, we, we've ended with a race where Max Verstappen has won. He is one point, Connor, behind uh, Lewis because Lewis was able to gain the fastest lap. Therefore, Correct. just punched him one step ahead. Yep. So he must be two points ahead because Lewis. No, no, they no. were going to be even if he had the fastest lap. Correct. So, but he didn't get the fastest lap, and Lewis did. So Hamilton is now leading the championship by a single point, forty-four to okay. forty-three points. Then it is Lando Norris on twenty-seven, Charles Leclerc on twenty, and then you got an equal fifth for Daniel Ricciardo and Carlos Sainz on fourteen points. Manufacturers. Oh, sorry, sorry. Six, uh, fi- uh, fifth place is actually Valtteri Bottas on 16. Then it is equal six for... That's uh, fine. It's Valtteri's last year, so it doesn't matter. Exactly um, right. Uh, <laughs> Constructors' Championship is Mercedes now on 60, Red Bull 53, McLaren 41, Ferrari 34, and then the rest is Aston Martin 7, Alpha Tauri 6, Alpha Romeo score their first points of the season on two points courtesy of Kimi, and Alpine on one. Can we just talk about... The fact that there's a, uh, a wine called Ferrari, and they're now the they're now the new podium sponsor. Mm. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I thought that was. Some I looked it up last night. And went, why are we welcoming to Ferrari? No, it's some not. team thing from 1902. No, it's a wine. I like looked Enzo's it up. Enzo's dad or something. They're now the friggin' sponsor of the podium wine. Awesome. It just looks weird them carrying Ferrari bottles out. Why didn't they get the uh, the old Danny Rick special? Yeah, so Hugo's, yeah, a bit <laughs> so of red. Hugo's, yeah, just pour red over each other. Bit of a uh, bit of Barossa's finest. Yeah. We might sample that in a few weeks. I don't drink red, but anyway. Um, it's meant to be here, but it hasn't arrived. Long story. Um, <laughs> he was ranting about this before we yeah, started the you, race. You, you, well, if the, if the glasses are broken, because something broke on the way and they sent it back, and they told me that they, they've run out, so I'll be pretty filthy. Because I was an early orderer. Like, in demand. Get in there. Uh, okay, so, you know, uh, overall, actually not a bad race all mm. the way through the list because, and we'll get to teams and drivers in a minute specifically, but... Like, it, there was a fair bit that went on, um, but you're right, that kind of last 50% of the race was pretty much just drivers finding their order after yeah. a red flag. It didn't feel like... It felt like most of it was just 
as if they were letting um, lap drivers through. <laughs> and the, the lap driver being Lewis getting yeah. from 10th to 2nd. But the critical thing about Lewis getting through, and this is the most important thing to say, is um, Bottas was unable to do that. Bottas was back in ninth yeah. and couldn't make his way through the field. Not even to 7th or 6th. No. He, he didn't need to go to 2nd. He, he just needed to no, prove that he He just needed to show past. that he could get some, yeah. you know, some progress forward. Lewis restarts the race in that position and is able to make ground. I mean, that just, to me is a really bad look for Valtteri. And, yeah. you know, that's the kind of stuff that surely Toto is going to remember. That stuff sticks with you. Of course. Oh, and absolutely. I, I couldn't imagine Lewis being in a position where there is a Williams in DRS zone behind him. No. Right, and that, that was the position that Valtteri was in, and that, that is when he... That is he, what caused the, yeah. the whole thing to happen. It wasn't a bad weekend overall. Um, the, the, the weekend kind of flowed quite nicely and that it wasn't very obvious what was going to happen that's what my mm. favorite thing about this weekend was i don't think from practice or even into qualifying you could truly say what was going to happen in this race because it was it seemed tight like this seemed really tight connor don't you think yeah, absolutely and then and then i know you were busy super biking over the weekend yes i know uh, straight super broadcasting bikes. not yeah. riding <laughs> <laughs> I, I, wouldn't we I all do, like to see that uh no you do not <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was busy um, with uh, the broadcast for uh, Fox this weekend. But uh, for what I could see in the bits and pieces that I was able to uh, take a look at, the, the nature of Imola makes it for very, very tight racing, I think. Mm. And we saw some really good scraps throughout the evening tonight, uh, even in qualifying. Like, we saw some really, you know, decent laps. Like, had Lando got that third position, well, that uh, third position, and started in qualifying, in qualifying, oh yeah, he, I think he would have been a little bit further up the field. But like that, he probably had one of the best drives I've seen so far this season. Like he really, he totally. really dug deep. And well, a couple of things about Lando's drive, and let's talk about the kind of post red flag strategy. McLaren yeah. opted to go on soft for both Daniel and and Lando, mm. which you could argue was the way that Lando got ahead. Because he had the soft tyres, they were warm, they were soft, they were sticky. He was able to get ahead off the restart, mm. but they were they were never going to last in great great shape all the way to the end. So, but he did amazingly well to hold Lewis off three or the three four laps, laps in yeah. a row on under DRS. And it'll be interesting to listen to what the team radio was uh, from Daniel's perspective when he was told to move over for Lando. So, yeah, obviously, I, mean, that, I think. I, I, I'd I like actually to don't think, think he would have yeah. argued. I think, I, I think he would have gone... He, I, I, he probably didn't say anything. Yeah. Mm. I, I, you would think that he would know that he was holding Lando up at that point. And no. especially on this track where there's only really that one DRS spot to yeah. overtake. And I think we'll, we'll talk about Daniel a bit because I think that's that's a really a really good point about what his mentality was in that in that forced move. But just, just back on Lando in that kind of moment. Remember, we had... Lewis was behind... So you had Max in the lead. This is the last, let's call it 11, 12 laps. Had Max in the lead, followed by Lando, and then Charles Leclerc and um, Lewis Hamilton. Now Charles was close enough to Lando to have DRS, but not pass him. Lewis was close enough to uh, Charles to have DRS also, and was able to get on him and pass him. And so we went, well, it's all over for Lando. Lewis is going to be able to get past here because Lando does not have DRS. Max is twenty seconds down the road. There's only like one point one second difference at that point. And and Lewis was on his back and in DRS and had DRS several laps. I think it was three, as you said, in a row, but held him off. Honestly, that is why he was driver of the day. Yep. Unfortunately, those things actually vote earlier on because of the way they do the voting timing-wise. But, man, that that's that's a kind of 15 laps that Lando will watch back 
Absolutely. Yeah, particularly in those last five or so laps when he was defending Hamilton. And he was very clever in the way he was trying to defend going into Tamburello, the Tamburello chicane. Like, he was really defending really hard against a fast-finishing Hamilton. Hamilton had a much quicker car, let's face it. But Hamilton, like, he was just trying to find his way around the outside, but Lando just read him like a book brilliantly. And until he it got to the point that Hamilton was just too quick for him and Lando just let him through, um, you know, he could have been defensive. He could have pushed him or barged him, but, you know, fair play on, Al- yeah. on Lando. He actually played very, very, quite fair, very clean, and, uh, look, it was a great pass in the end by Hamilton to get second. Yeah, but yeah. And that's when you, I wonder if, you know, we talk about maybe the softs helped him get in that position to begin with, mm. but if he did have those mediums, could he have held Lewis off till the end? Because that, that that overtake was only like what five or six laps. But he, but he wouldn't have been in front of him because he wouldn't have had yeah. to get past. So maybe like that's maybe. The, um, I mean, I'm doing a hypothetical too. So we <laughs> will never know. <laughs> Strategists alone will know such things. Um, all right. Well, let's talk teams. And before we do that, a reminder. Uh, and I I had a couple of people message me that the Ko freebies includes practice on. Friday and Saturday. You don't get qualifying or the race, but if you've never tried KO, you can sign up to the freebies, and it means you give an account, you set up everything, but you don't give a credit card, so it's a proper freebie, uh, but you log into KO, and then you can see it. It's a total tease. You can see everything, but uh, a lot of stuff has a little lock on it, and then there's a bunch of stuff that's labelled freebies, a bunch of docos and minis, as well as live Formula One practice sessions. Uh, every weekend across the year. So that's a really good incentive to give KO a try. And I think, personally, it'll, it's a nice incentive to give it a try and learn that it's actually pretty pretty darn cool and uh, works on a bunch of devices. So team-wise, like start at the back, Jesus Christ, Haas is literally just... The, the year is just a write-off. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just basically, let's take some money from Eurocarly, whoever the hell they are, and let's put it into the 2022 car. That's basically what this season is. I, I Basically, when I, when I see the timing, you see them both the drivers at the end, is it's kind of like when you're watching, um, you know, like a 12-hour or, or something like that and you've got the different the classes. Ca- the of, classes, yeah, yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah, there's the two Ford Focuses at the back there. It is like watching Corollas around Bathurst yeah. in 1970s, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty much like that, isn't it? it it's just out and out embarrassing for Haas right now. And Haas would just seem, it just seemed to be in more incidents than what it's worth. Massa spin had a spin in tonight's race, although he was involved in that. Uh, the that quote incident. of the commentary team tonight: <laughs> yes, Anthony Davidson, yes, he didn't let us down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no way that was not a simple directive at saying, you know, that's absolutely. We all expect this bloke to he, spin, but and he said that without missing a beat as no, well. No, totally. <laughs> it was just, it was just so. And natural. he was only on commentary for three laps while <laughs> Mark was coming down to the to the, do the podium but, interviews. But it was interesting to look at what happened when Mazepin was trying to overtake. Latifi on the opening lap and Latifi had his uh, crash um, a lot of people thought and a lot of people mentioned on, on on socials particularly on Twitter that it was his fault but in the end it was uh, I think Latifi just didn't know that Mazepin was yeah. trying to overtake him and uh, just a, a purely a racing accident no further action taken thanks very much to Nicholas Latifi too for uh, causing everyone I don't think anyone had a Williams' first out because uh, they, they actually do yeah. have some consistency so yeah. when it comes to betting you know, Latifi first out or a Williams first out is actually not top of the list of things you'd take. The uh, the, the old gambling companies cleaned up on that one, I think. Mate, yeah, oh, that was just it. a cracker because we all we all had. I certainly had some Aston Martins because they had some issues on the um, formation lap and the like. Um, and that that's the other team to look at here. I mean, Stroll did finish seventh, uh, but I, I just think 
this weekend, their strategy is wrong. If if you had the ear of Otmar, you'd say, mate, I know that you think you got dudded by these downforce regulations, but just get over it, mate. Can we just, just on that point as well, talk about how, how rich it is that the team that last year yeah. literally copied the Mercedes car and then was like, oh, if all these other teams were smart enough to do what we did, then they would have done it too, is now whinging knowing what the aero changes were and didn't do it when yeah. other teams did. Like, yeah. Ugh. You know, the car's just turned into basically a duck. It's, it, it's, if, it sm- if it looks like a duck, smells like a duck, acts like a duck, it is a duck, and that's what it is this year. It's and, you know, it was obvious from the get-go that when you reduce downforce, the cars that are already have an inherent... Like, I don't have to be an aerodynamicist. <laughs> Engineer Trev As here. I said a few weeks ago, you put your hand out the window of a car at 100 k's now, you know that if it's on a bigger tilt, it fucking pushes down yeah. further, right? Yeah. So it was always going to be the way that there would be an inherent downforce advantage to the right cars... So they just needed to find a way around that. But, geez, the whinging this weekend. Otmar's like, oh, we have to wait and see. And he was questioned by Martin or, or Ted. And it's like, but you're suggesting they do aero regulation changes in the middle of the year? That doesn't seem yeah. possible. And he's like, well, you know, it might have to happen. Cyril somewhere is just know, laughing man. manically. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that leads us to uh, Alpine. I, I mean, was, I was just going to say, in regards to Seb, how do you, I loved what you said before, like his career choices, he, you know, Red Bull Junior, you know, he's got the the, uh, the glory ride. He's got the, the silver spoon into Formula One, yep. but then every decision he's made after that is like picking out sugar when you wanted salt or vice he versa. Had, he, had that one, he had that one season where you could have won it with Ferrari. Yeah. He had that one season. What was that, 2018? But see, you're meant to have this ascendancy that goes it's all true, the way out. true. And it's just gone. But, <laughs> you know, you, so you come out of um, Aston Martin... You go into Alpine and you're like, this this team. Ha- you said Harry during the race. They've gone backwards. Yeah, and you know what? I think Daniel Ricciardo's done a masterstroke. Oh, there's not there's no doubt that broadly he made the right decision. But it's just I don't think anyone could expect them to go backwards. Uh, if by race five or six Fernando is not further up the field, his decision too looks overwhelmingly bad because it's yeah. like, mate, you finished behind Ocon yeah. for a start, and that's Unbelievable. Um, how on earth Fernando feels comfortable, f- you know, being a literally 50, rear 50 percenter, mm. not a good look for Alpine. He, he might end up having a, a Schumacher Mercedes season. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Well, you already But I it. feel like he's committed to next year in that whole, oh, yeah. I want to be With part Honda. of the new thing. Yeah, uh, well, you got, of course, you've got the new regulations coming in next year, so maybe that's where Alonso's thinking is, well, you know, new car, new regulations, you know, yeah. a new start. I'm sure that's where a lot of their, their minds are. But at yeah. the same time, Alonso had that Schumacher-Mercedes moment in his final few years when he was with McLaren. Mm-hmm. You know, he was always at the back in, the, in those years that McLaren was struggling so much. So I, I'm just at a loss as to why Alonso is come back to expect more of the same. It just I makes look, no sense. I mean, there's probably a big paycheck involved. There oh, of well. course. Oh, well, I mean, there's no doubt about that, right? But, you know, and, and also, you know, as I think there's this thing about there's certain people, and I don't think a Ricardo or a Hamilton, there's different personalities, right? I think a Alonso, Schumacher, they have nothing but this. Yep. Yeah? Mm. It, is, it is literally in their blood. To race and you'd say not Reichen. just to race, but race at the top. Raikkonen is also, yeah. although Raikkonen is one of those guys that you can see him retiring from Formula One and just going and rally, like going back to other things. Mm. Whereas I feel like Alonso is the kind of guy that would only ever want to compete at the top top level of 
Formula One was always the goal, and whether if he leaves, it's only to do top level of something else. I, I just seem very strange. But um, you know, they they Aston Martin big disappointments two two races in Alpine big disappointments two races in Haas we've discussed the rest are kind of you know the rest of the backfield are just you know doing their best, but the big story team wise is is really Ferrari and McLaren, mm. which is fascinating because. You had this thing where, in that, it kind of shows why Matteo stayed in the job, because there was a lot of talk last year. Well, oh, this is going backwards, mate. They've got to start again. But they clearly, the whole team, the whole business, the whole company had known that his strategy was right. We made a mistake. We've paid the price for it. We're not going to get that back in 2020. So, guys, stop development and work on, you know, you lot work on 2022. The rest of you, everything you've got, put it into 2021. And let's make sure we come back. And they don't have the horsepower back, but they've got the aero. Yep. And they're, mate, massive. That's a big deal, what they've been able to turn around. It just yep. shows how quickly they turn race around. Two. Yes. That's crazy From given where what they, they were, were last year. year. Yeah. And it's a thoroughly deserved podium. Yeah. But yeah. more importantly, well, McLaren. Well, actually, close to a podium. There's a bit, like, a bit of yeah. luck there for, for Carlos, though. He, he didn't have, even though he ended up fifth, he didn't have an amazing race as a whole. There was, there was definitely no, a bit as of an luck individual, to, but I'm talking as team a team, wise, though. Yeah, yeah. L- let's face it, a bit he, of luck there for Carlos to go into a team that was going backwards, yeah. and they've actually leapt forward a year ahead of where they were meant to leap. And, oh, and I just mean like in today's race, though. Yeah, no, he, he potentially shouldn't have been that high up. Absolutely, no, I agree. and he's and he's equal six in the championship at the moment, alongside Daniel. So the team that he formerly raced for, well, the the the, the driver that replaced him. Mm. Is now sitting equal six in the championship, which right. is uh, in, you know, pretty good after two races. Right. Two races. Well, let's talk individuals then, and I think that's a really good start. Is Carlos and Daniel right? You've got this great situation where Carlos is just happy because in either car he's he's doing the same, right? He's not going backwards right now, and there is that learning thing. They all talk about it. it's not like it's some weird thing. We and I said to you guys, I don't think you saw it in the pre-race. Uh, Martin sat down with Carlos and he had a good chat. It was probably the most frank I'd seen Carlos, and I do think Martin brings that out of guys because it's the race, the races, racer, talking of races. Yeah. Um, he said a couple of things. He said, um, I think he asked him how he was feeling when something happened, and he said, look, I'm just not very good at describing my emotions, you know, so that was it was an honest way to, way to say it. But he also said, look, I'm... Um, there's a couple of things. He he's apparently just a pest at the factory. <laughs> like they've never had a driver come to the factory so much, and they were like, they don't know what to do with him. <laughs> like literally, they had to come up with things to do. Well, that's like about how he, what you he want. moved there. At, like as soon as the season finished last year, right? Yeah, like that's passion, right? Yeah. He, he said he said he's a nine out of ten because he's kind of the win will make him a ten out of ten. But in terms of passion and excitement for it, but he's also you know still learning. He said. And I said this to you guys. He said going from one car to another is like changing formulas, like going from GP2 to GP3 or whatever. Absolutely, That's a fascinating insight to think about how big a deal it is. So we've got probably several races again, and Carlos admitted this wasn't a track he knew very well as well. We've got several races before Carlos is in the groove, and this is probably the biased Aussie in me, but I'm hoping there's several races before Daniel gets in the groove as well. I, I think that that's very much the case. The, the fact is that I mean, this Daniel's happened with Renault, right? I think it did, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. You know, and he, like the second year was, yeah, was second where year he got, was. Yeah, second year he got two podiums. And, he, and in fact, that second podium was at Imola last year, the same race. So, But, it, you know, does McLaren want him to take a whole year? Probably not. Oh, I'm not expecting no, a whole I, year. But it, I'm if he's not beating, starting to, to beat Lando... By mid-year. By oof. mid-year, then... 
Yeah, there's, there's some concerns, but is it concern or is it that you know well, you've, Lando's taken a huge leap? And yeah, because good on, good also Lando. Lando, that's yeah. the, that's the thing. You got I I would. I would love to know, and Lando's the kind of guy that will be asked this at some point, and he's also honest enough to answer it properly. I think under, alongside Daniel, he has lifted his game more than he would yeah. have with, with Carlos in the seat. And I think and that's what to. Andre Seidel would say. And he had to. He yes. had to against a guy that has won a number of races, and he's probably one of the most competitive drivers in, in, the, in the field. Because someone, I think it might have been Martin again talking to Science, said, you know, Leclerc and Science may well be the dream team on the grid. Because you think... Hamilton, Bottas, not really a dream team. Verstappen, anyone, not really a dream team, although Perez could turn out to be a, g- a good result for them. Yeah. But I would argue Leclerc and Sainz is as exciting as Norris and Ricardo. It's just that Leclerc has this inherent, you know, love. there's this massive passion for him as a, as a racer, and he may well be better than Norris, and, so therefore it's a better pairing. And let's not forget, he's uh, he's Ferrari's golden child at the moment, so yeah. there's a lot of yeah, expectation. If, if it was those two in the Alpine, would people be as excited? Probably not. No. No. No, not at all. So Norris was just a star today. Outstanding weekend, really, apart from you know the white line stuff up in qualifying. But everyone made those mistakes across two days of practice and qualifying, so he can't really kick himself for that. They were super stringent, and thank Christ for that. I love the way Martin's passionate about the white lines yes. being being the track limits. Um, you know, Bottas made. You know, he he's it's the end. He, his like, career is there's no way he's there, there his next year. His career is, yeah. is like, over. We're only two races in, so he could turn around. But if it's if his form continues as it has these last two races. And then, as you were saying, as we were talking about earlier, and, and how Lewis was able to to just steamroll the grid to second place from doesn't the same look spot good for you, Valtteri couldn't move anywhere. It doesn't look good in the same way that Perez, you know, did very little today. Even though he had this, he had a great qualifying, he had great grid position in both rest, in both starts. He kind of like, threw it away. Didn't he threw he? it away. So it was you know? like we were talking before about how. For Perez's race was kind of like when you're playing F1 2020 <laughs> and you're midway through the race. You've stuffed up the start. You're out of like the little rewind things left on there and yep. you just kind of just got to deal to the end. See, Trevor's already learned if he can't beat his own son at yeah. F1 2020. <laughs> I'm tired, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, I can't do it. I oh, just can't take I'm it on. Sm- I'm stalling. My clutch isn't yeah. working. I've, I don't, mate, I can't even do it with traction control. I'm off. It's just possible it's just too it's too complex i have the greatest respect for these guys when <laughs> i when i play the game and that's not even the real thing um lance stroll performing very well compared to vettel and that's that's a good sign for him uh, you know because i'm his biggest detractor but if he keeps performing like that it's it's very hard to argue that he shouldn't be in the team no, he needs good. to be this is the thing about lance and i reckon I, i've got no doubt even though he's daddy's boy i've got no doubt dad has said to him mate if if this bloke Outperforms you consistently and well. Your seat is not guaranteed. I think I do think even though he's a businessman, he's doing it for his son. Yep. he's also doing it for himself. And 100%. I think he would be honest like that. Oh, but, totally. but he's good. Lance is good. I worry about your passion for him, but, but it's okay. just because I think he, just because he's a pay driver, everyone immediately goes to the opinion that he's going to be a bad driver. It's also the Canadian. Apart from Bill Nerf, what else has come out of Canada? Oh, look, that's another discussion. We're not going to get we there. We should, speaking of which, with the Canadian Grand Prix, there's been reports that... Uh, yeah, it might be off. Yeah. So well, It feels like there's there's you know still some concern around a lot of races. I mean, is there a race schedule for France? Because that place is, you know, going bad COVID-wise. I mean, we're, we're weirdly in a bubble here. We don't really appreciate anymore how bad it yeah. is around the world. It, Even though the, the, the story here is vaccines are bad, 
But actually, we don't need the bloody thing. We'll just take it when we can get it. America, it's like, yeah, we're vaccinating so well. There's still thousands of people dying. Um, It's actually really weirdly kind of this weird lens you're seeing the world through. It's it's only when I watch F1 and the NBA that it sort of reminds me. Yes, yes. Yes, because we're not wearing masks. We don't do anything. It's sort of, it was the Easter show the other week. (laughs) There's like 40,000 people there. You sort of Every now and then you you turn something on, you go, geez, why is it not, this crowd's not very full. I wonder why. Yeah. This is meant to be a good footy game. Oh, that's right. We're not allowed to have a full crowd yet. You know, that's really the only reason why not. Um, uh, We we haven't mentioned Mick Schumacher. Mick Schumacher (laughs) made an ass of himself today (laughs) and he would be kicking himself. Might have made his dad move in in his little coma. (laughs) I mean, he's, he he did a Grosjean. He did a Baku Grosjean. He did, he did by the NASCAR proud. Going into the wall on uh, on a warm-up lap by um, literally just turning the steering wheel while warming the tyres. It was... So we've got... When we watch the race, there's a little bit of a sixth sense that we all have watching the broadcast where we'll call something and then literally, you know, five, ten seconds later, something will happen. Usually it's to do with commentary. We'll say a line yeah. and then it's like Martin or Crofty's got a secret little microphone yeah. in here and they steal <laughs> the line. But this one, it was like ten seconds before and we are talking about how, wouldn't it be, you know, it's always funny when you see the guys do the warm-up you, I think Harry's words were... Because we had the driver cam on as well, yeah. it's like I always get nervous when I see yeah. people doing the doing the warm up of the tyres, and then cut to <laughs> Schumacher in the <laughs> wall, the pit wall. exit. Ah, uh, not got, a good look. It's not a good look at all. And he because couldn't pit for at least two laps because the pit lane was he, he closed the pit lane because that's where he crashed. <laughs> His wing was but stuck. You know, go back to F one twenty twenty the game. When by the way the new one comes out, I think they've given a date June something. Um, like I never feel comfortable turning the wheel God, no. that much because you look at these drivers, and I think that's what made you uncomfortable. They do put a lot just, of lock oh, on the a wheel. Lot of opposite lock. It's it's a yeah. it's a crazy sport that's very hard to truly understand. And it's, it was wet. You know, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's not rocket science, is it? No. You know, really. Um, what I'm getting out of this episode is that we should be engineers. You're, mean, you, you've called in the aero <laughs> stuff. We're calling the warm up. Like I think we could be engineers and commentators. And, let's be honest. And your son should be, uh, Jackson should be running the... Yeah, what did he say to me earlier? Something about the steering wheel. Now, your son... Yeah, so <laughs> that hasn't been brought up. So, Jackson's been allowed to stay up for this race. He better be in bed now. Um, but, and this, we haven't talked about this. There was there was a couple of penalties. Uh, Ten seconds penalty for Sergio. For He went off under safety car and then came back on and two people had gone past. He chose to go past them again to kind of get back his spot in the queue, but that was considered passing. So, he got a 10-second penalty. And during the 10 seconds... Stopped. So before the mechanics can work on the car, Sergio took his wheel off and waited, holding it. And then after the 10 seconds, he handed it to his engineer. But there was a reason for that because he had no steering in his wheel. He had a Greg Russ moment. And Greg <laughs> <Russ>. <laughs> oh, that's a harsh moment. But yes. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. A, a sprint car moment. But Jackson said to me also, was Sergio holding the steering wheel up in the 10 second penalty allowed? Because you're supposed to be stationary. <laughs> like the mechanics holding the other wheel, I think, is fine. But no work can be done on the car. So I would have thought a penalty would have been fine. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, okay, buddy. Rightio. All right. Yeah. Oh. We'll, uh, yeah, send uh, that one to Michael and Massey. Let, yeah. And let's not forget uh, Yuki Sonoda. He, he copped um, black and white flags tonight for uh, exceeding the track limits during the race. Twice. Did he really? Yeah. yeah he was one off that. getting a penalty. Yeah. yeah. He was one off needing an actual child booster seat too. Yeah. <laughs> what did you yeah. look up? He's oh, actually we're a that. foot lower than Alex yeah. Albon. I went through a bit of a rabbit hole on poor old Yuki when the uh, when the race was paused, and they were t- he was talking about an interview and how in his seat they actually had to put in um, just yeah styrofoam or something in there to give him a literal booster seat 
because he couldn't fit in the normal molds that they use. And they also do a similar thing with the pedals and build him custom pedals that reach long enough for his legs. He's only five foot two from what I hear. Five foot two. He's tiny. Like he is literally a pocket rocket. Anyway, what races are coming up? <laughs> is he? Yeah, I think so. Don't I, you think? I think yeah. so. Yeah, pocket rocket. That's what you call someone who's tiny and fast. I don't know. It just sounded funny when you said it. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. I feel like you've, you've, you're using the that term for something else. <laughs> ne- oh. But anyway, I'd never heard it in that context. But no. uh, great stuff. Next Grand Prix. Oh. It's outrageous. It's very compose early. In your, the compose don't say yourself. Anything. Compose yourself, Harry. I just said you sounded funny. Yeah. Next Grand Prix, two weeks' time. Uh, the Portuguese Grand Prix at um, Portobello on Monday, the third of May, at midnight. Is that a good track? I like that was it. The, wasn't that the one where there was a lot of drama last year because of the restart? Was that the restart one? No, that was um, uh, no, that was Tuscan, um, Tuscan Grand Prix at um, Magello. Magello. Yeah, it's still a point where unless you're like a Monaco or a Spa or something, yeah, that they all sort of like yeah, no. merge together. And and you know, there's 20 million races this yeah. year. There's Miami in a in a couple of years or something. It's next just year. next year. It's getting really complicated. For ten years. Yeah, around a cafe like the yeah. what's it called the um, Hard Rock Cafe I Stadium. We needed another fucking. Uh, yeah, car another. Park. Yeah, another. Is that what it is? It's just a car park race, mm, much like so. Dallas, many, many, many moons ago. Oh so. dear God! So there'll be no undulations. I mean, I haven't looked into it properly, but just from from a quick look, it doesn't. It just look does too feel like them going to America for the sake of fucking going to America. Yeah, yeah. They, it seems like they want to get into Florida for a while. Well, remember that there was a lot of old people want to watch Formula One. <laughs> like, just they think that they can get the down at American Del Boca Re- Vista, <laughs> the, you know, down the the American sort of rednecky areas, and there was a period. There was a period many moons ago in the eighties where there was there was two U.S. Grand Prix. Sure, sure, but you know that was pre-commercial, and they were shit. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. It wasn't until Austin that they had a real track. Yeah, Austin is Austin's my, a great track. Apart, behind Albert Park, it's the most used track on my. Sim, really? I love it. I love that. After that, actually, now you mentioned after the it. first turn, you know probably. those winding, twisting. It's like because you can, because there's so many left, rights. Yeah, you can literally forget in in a in a hurry what bloody where you're meant to be. It's I love that. Mm. Plus the undulations. Yep. It's a it's a one. Well, you know what? I'm going to say it's my favourite circuit. Full stop. I only like Albert Park because of you're Australian. Because I'm Australian and I know it really well. And by the way, what about the changes they're making to that track for this year? I've seen I, radical in my it? mind. Yes, they're taking out the the one of the main kinks. It's, it's actually kind of reminded me of what the old Albert Park circuit was back in the fifties. Okay, kind well, of I don't in the quite 50s. remember that. What are you talking about, mate? I know. I don't no, think my well, parents were just, born. Just, oh, shush! <laughs> just the the flowing nature. You, you take it's a much straighter circuit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, even much. that turn thirteen out the back has been you know kind of turned. It's not a stop goy. Yeah, it's radical. Like, they're trying to speed they it needed up. They to. It's a, it, Albert Park's fairly boring, if I'm honest. Wow, like it's harsh, man. Like, it's I'm, true, though. I get we're meant yeah. to be like, you know. I really hope it's better than racing, though. I really hope yeah. it's better racing, though. That's all. If it doesn't, we'll be uh, be very vocal. Anyway, I've it. completely forgotten what you were telling me about where's next and after that. So uh, give me the next three races. Portimao. Yeah, okay, so Portimao is the next one on we never. We, well, the reason we stopped is because we couldn't remember what the fuck happened at Portimao last year. I feel like something yeah. happened there. Probably. Yeah, anyway. and then after that, we've got the Spanish Grand Prix. One week later, on the 9th of May. Where at? Uh, Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelona, Catalonia. Barcelona. Yeah, and then Monaco Grand Prix, the 23rd of May. Is there a gap between those? Uh, two weeks. But to Monaco? Yep. Right, okay. Spain is back-to-back, though, right? Uh, so Did you say Espain? Por- 
<laughs> oh, we've been up too long. We've been up too long. <laughs> it's been. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Portugal and Spain are back to back, and then Portugal it's and Spain. Portugal and Spain, and then you sound like Borat. Then <laughs> I don't. Even. Anyway, no oh comment. And then Monaco's there's a gap to Monaco. Yeah, that's all right. Exactly we'll right. be back for whatever Connor just said is the next race. Portugal in two, two weeks. Portimao, and then Spain. Portimao. <laughs> And yes. Connor's going to remind us at some point what the hell happened at Portimao last year. I th- think it was a good race. It was a good race. Was, no, Max went off uh, on the opening lap last year in Portimao. I think he got I taken feel like out. that. So is that the one where it's got like a, a, a hard ride yes. at the bottom and then it goes up a hill and he went off up there? That's right. I don't know. Also yeah. feel like that's Magello, but anyway. It's all of them. They're all the same. They are. All right. Good chat.